if you find yourself in category two, three, or four, especially at that place where you're not able to make those payments or you're behind on payments already, uh, the first step is to create that communication log and just track everything you're talking about with them. The second thing is to start building your emergency fund. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a pretty big deal. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode, we're concluding our debt series that we started at the beginning of 2020, and I hope you've really benefited from this series, but today we're going to dig deeper into how do you actually deal with creditors? Mm -hmm. What do you do when you have to make that call or you're getting those calls and you're trying to figure out how can I salvage this because I can't pay them. So we're going to dig into how to actually walk through that, gives you some tools that you can use, even talk about how to actually craft a letter to your creditor so that you have the chance and the cooperation that you want from them in order to deal with this debt. Yeah, this is going to be really helpful and very practical uh, literally some of the words that you say when you're on the call with them and letters that you write. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked uh, about all these different scenarios. Let me just kind of remind you of where you might be. Uh, the first step is always going to be to create that budget mm -hmm. and to have that debt snowball in place. You can get the tools for free on leosebo.com under resources. Watch the five minute debt snowball video. It's extremely helpful. But once you've figured out how much your debts cost every mm -hmm. month, the minimum mm -hmm. monthly payment, and then you figured out how much you have in your budget to spend or to, to pay towards that debt, then you're going to find yourself in one of four buckets, four different categories. The first category is you have enough money to pay your minimums. Great. Mm -hmm. Pay it. The second is that you don't have enough money to pay all of your minimum payments. You have some left over at the end of the month to pay your debt, but not enough to pay all of it. So then you break it down into what we call the pro rata plan. And it literally means that you prorate out all of your payments. So you have 300 bucks and you owe one creditor 50%, you know, of your total debt and one creditor 25% and another creditor 25%. One gets 50%. That's 150 bucks. The others get 25% of your 300. So then you're looking at 75 and 75. Maybe your minimum payments are more than that but you have now broken it out as evenly and as fairly as you can. Right. We're going to talk today about what it looks like to send those letters. Uh, on top of that, you may find yourself in the category that you are not able to make your payments at all, mm -hmm. that you have no income right now or very low income and just, just making the payment on your rent and on your electricity and making sure you can get to and from work and eat. is And saving. And saving. Yes, number one. Because you need to save. <laughs> uh, and then the fourth category you may find yourself in is that you've passed the time period to even pay the creditors right. that you owe money to. There's damage been done to the relationship. That's right. And so now it's usually at least around six months that they start to sell that debt. They write it off on their own balance sheet and they mm -hmm. sell it to a credit agency, a collection agency that will go through and begin calling you. And so you're going to find yourself in one of these four buckets. Right. Uh, our, our hope is that you're in bucket number one, mm. and then you knock that debt out and you never deal with that again. Yeah. But if you're in two, three, four, this episode is for you because we're going to talk about what it looks like to save up that cash, to make sure you have an emergency fund in place, and then to go ahead and start negotiating with those creditors and begin paying off. 
So the very first step that we recommend is that you create a communication log mm-hmm. because you're going to be communicating with these creditors. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you know, the first step was already the budget tool and the debt snowball tool. But once you've realized you're in, in category two, three or four, now it's time to begin tracking your communications with them Mm -hmm. because then if there's ever an issue to say oh you didn't pick up our calls you didn't answer us you didn't communicate with us you can point back at that communication log and say no on this date i sent you this letter on this date i answered your call and we talked about this i talked to johnny i talked to susan (laughs) because you're going to talk to different people every time that's right and every time yeah you will talk to different people every time that's a great point uh and and you the more proactive you are and the more data that you have and more organized you are the better this whole process is going to go for you. Yeah, and the better cooperation you're going to get from these Ah. creditors and and debt collectors because most of the time people are running away from them. Mm -hmm. They don't don't want to take their call. They're having to chase them down. And it's refreshing, I think, that someone who, please understand, these debt collectors, most of them, it's just a job to them. Oh, yeah, it's just a dude in the office. Yeah, they're just maybe college kids or whatever trying trying to earn a little bit of money. And this is a quick way for them to get on a phone call, make some calls, and make some Most money. Most of them hate their job, too. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, like, yeah. it's a so terrible I, job. <laughs> I try to remember that if I am talking to one. But understand that. They're, they're just human beings. Uh, they're trying to do a job. And maybe the way they're t- told to do the job isn't right. Well, and we've talked about some of that in the last episode, that if they become rude or mm-hmm. abusive, that you don't have to put up with that. But I would say most of them, because I also have friends who are in this, in this industry, who have worked in this industry, and most of them will tell you that they try to abide by the law. Yeah, there's and they're good just people. trying to help people get out of debt while they're also trying to run a company. Uh, right. It's not. I don't think it's a bad practice. In fact, it's a way no. that listen. If there was not a debt collection uh, company that can take your debt and you can pay them a fraction of what you actually borrowed, then it may always be on your credit report. Maybe the mm-hmm. maybe the law would be that it stays on there forever. Right. And now you can never borrow again. You're tainted for life. So I, so I do think that there's some things that we have to keep in mind. Yeah. There and are the some benefits to this. overall economic system, mm-hmm. this does help move things forward. Yeah. We're not mad at debt collectors, uh, especially the ones that do it by the book and yeah. that are honoring. And, and they have a hard job. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I used to work for um, a forensic engineering company for five years. And one of my responsibilities was to follow up with our clients mm. And to make sure that they had paid the invoices we sent them. Right. And so I was a debt collector. I mean, you know, <laughs> now, now that was like one tenth of my role. My main role was in a completely separate side of this engineering firm. But, but it's like I had to follow up and say, hey, you know, we sent you this invoice last month. Yeah. You haven't paid it yet. You haven't paid it yet. Their heart was to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Our heart was just to say it's a reminder. Right. So this is a normal like this is a normal industry. It's not a bad thing. It's called accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. You have money that they should be receiving. <laughs> so their accounting department is going to call and say, hey, we want to receive it. Yep. So so you know we may get a little animated in this series from time to time about debt collectors. But I do want to kind of acknowledge this is a, a, it's just like any job. It's a service industry. It's serving their company. It's making sure their company gets paid so that their employees get paid. So those workers, their families have income so that they can buy food for their kids. So, so we're a part of this economy thing together. Yeah. Let's not get too angry, uh, but let's also not allow abuse to occur. And part of the conversation here is to realize that when you're communicating with them, it goes back to the principle that you, you get what you give, right? Mm-hmm. If you give, you'll receive the same back. So if you give respect and honor and kindness when you're talking to these people and not treat them like they're the scoundrel, um, 
then then I don't see them responding in a negative way to you. Now, right. that doesn't mean you won't find one or two that will. Oh, sure. But again, there's boundaries for that, and you don't have to put up with those people. And you certainly don't need to be rude to them, but you can cut them off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to somebody trying to belittle you. You hang up on those people, and then you report them. But I just think it's it's good to keep in mind that you need to approach this with the perspective of, I've made a mistake, I am asking this person to understand me, so I have to be open and vulnerable to a degree right? and hope that they're not going to abuse me, because if they do, then I'll hang up. But at the same time, I can't come with this with an attitude like, you know, I'm not paying you anything. Well, right. wait a minute. Hang on a second. You were the one that signed for the debt in the first place. Right, <laughs> right. Don't forget that you've made the mistake. You don't have to grovel. You don't have to put up with abuse, but you do have to be honest and uh, just have the right attitude as you're approaching. That's right. So if you find yourself in category two, three, or four, especially at that place where you're not able to make those payments or you're behind on payments already, uh, the first step is to create that communication log and just track everything you're talking about with them. The second thing is to start building your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, this it's a little bit out of step, but but we wanted to mention this because sometimes people will get caught up in, I need to pay the debt, so I need to make these agreements and, and negotiations and do it. But the one thing you cannot do, and this should be built into the budget, but we wanted to emphasize here that you always build your emergency fund before you pay down debt. And in other words, if you can't do both, if you can't use a pro rata or actually pay the minimum payments, and at the same time, save enough to build that right. one month of emergency, then build the one month of emergency. Here's yeah. why. If you don't do that, you're going to have to borrow again. So whatever negotiation, whatever deal you're trying to make with somebody, and when they're going to see that you're continuing to borrow, they're going to be like, oh, great. You know, Sure, right. you say you can't borrow and you can't pay us, but you're out there borrowing more money. Right. We can't trust you. Right. So stop borrowing. That's the only way to get out of debt. But the only way to stay out of debt is to build savings. So build that one month of savings. That's right. And and so we're saying the emergency fund, the one month of mm-hmm. savings emergency fund. Mm-hmm. This, is, this isn't this is your six-month emergency no. fund, but you need to have something in place to help you be stable through this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on your communication log, you're going to kind of set a schedule of how often you're going to speak with each creditor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend once a week. If you have a good relationship with them and they're not too worried, then maybe it's every other week. Mm-hmm. But, but don't allow them to call you every every single day. Kind of right. set the expectation of, hey, I will talk to you once a week. I'll give you an update. I'll tell you exactly where I'm at. And I will f- communicate more with you than you communicate with yeah, me on beat that them phone Beat to the call. punch. That's the idea. That's right. But but let's say they try to call you every single day. And the answer is, hey, things are the same today as they were yeah, yesterday. Nothing's changed right, in the last changed. 30 minutes. <laughs> so I'm not going to pick up your call or I'm right. going to pick up and just say, hey, it's the same as yesterday. I'll talk to you in six days. Hang up. Hey, it was the same as yesterday. I'll talk to you in five days and hang up. You do not have to let this completely dictate your entire daily life. Mm. But set a time once a week. Hey, every Friday, I make all those calls. Every Saturday, I make all those yeah, calls. Definitely communicate that. Let yes. them know. I am going oh, to let call them you. Know too, for sure. I'm going to call you every single week about this time to give you a report on where I'm at. That's right. And they have a communication log as well. Yes. Because usually the person in that industry is not going to be there a year from now. And or so a week the, from or now. Or a week from now, right. So so honestly, like they are going to have five different people working your file. So they have to take notes. So if you put in the system, don't call me except for once a week on Fridays at three o'clock, then they'll call you once a week at Fridays at three o'clock. Mm-hmm if you're in communication with them. Right. If not, they'll go crazy. Uh, so use that communication log then to reach out to them, let them know exactly when you can make payments, how much payment you can make. Uh, if you're in the pro rata plan, 
mail them the pro rata plan, certified letter, say, hey, this is coming your way. You'll be able to see my budget. You'll see my debt snowball and you'll see exactly how much I'm sending you. Mm -hmm. And then just continue, especially if you're at that place where you're past due, continue to store up as much cash as possible. When you get to the place where you're going to end up having to negotiate with them and say, look, I know I owe you $10,000, but I also owe these guys 10,000 and I owe these guys 10,000. And right now I only have a thousand bucks. That's my emergency fund. So I'm not giving you that, Right. but you know, I'm going to save 500 bucks a month for three months. Now I have $1,500 on top of my emergency fund that I can negotiate with. That I can negotiate with. Now you can call those three different creditors that have $10,000 each that you owe them. And you could say, look, I can't give you 10,000 today, but I could give you 1,500 today. Mm -hmm. And maybe the first one says, no, that's crazy. I'll never do that. And the second one says, no, that's crazy. I'll never do that. But the third one says, you know what? I'm ready for this relationship to be done. Send me that $1,500 and we'll call it even. Uh, that's a good day. Yep. Now it's a good day if <laughs> if you get it in writing. And we're going to talk more about that as well, but you've got to get it in writing. Uh, you have to have it say paid in full, and you can even negotiate what shows up on your credit report once you've determined a number with that creditor. Right. Uh, because there are different things that they can write on your credit report that will change how heavily it affects your credit score yeah. long term. Yep. So it could be marked as settled, it mm-hmm. could be marked as paid and settled, or it could be marked as paid as agreed. Mm. Now, that sounds better on the credit report. The credit reporting agencies look at that and they say, oh, this was paid as agreed. Well, that's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a little bit late, but then there's an agreement made and it was paid. Okay, you're still going to be dinged, mm-hmm. but if it's marked as settled, then they know that somebody had to, that you borrowed money, you didn't pay it all back and you had to settle it. So um, honestly, that's fair and that's legal and they can do that all day long. But... And sometimes you don't have control over that. Sometimes you don't. Right, sometimes you don't. They're going to report it however they... You can tell them, I would like you to report it this way. Right. But they may choose to report it however they want. I don't know how much leverage that will give you, but it's worth asking. What we're trying to say is always ask. You won't receive it unless you ask, so Mm -hmm. why not ask? Because if it does help your credit score and it, it removes that negative bark on your credit or makes it less negative, then that's a positive thing since you're paying it anyway. See if you can get that. That's right. So uh, paid as agreed is best. And you always want to make sure that when you negotiate that before you send the money, you get it in writing from mm-hmm. them. Now it can be an email or it can be a letter they send to you, but it can't be a verbal confirmation over the no, phone. No, it's got to be in writing. Um, Something you, you can actually have with the signature on it. Yeah, that has their signature or their their logo, their, you know, their, mm-hmm. their branding all, all over it that says, no, we agree to this. Um, every company is going to have that. And it, it should say, we agree that your $1,500 will settle this account paid in full. Yep. Um, and if you can, they will they might say, and we will put it on the credit report paid as agreed. Yep. That's an extra bonus. Uh, yep. Definitely worth asking for. Um, but that's something that that's normal practice. This is how this works. Mm-hmm. So as you've got that log where you're, you're logging all of this conversation, the first thing that you're going to do when you begin to get on these phone calls is you should write a script of what you're actually going to say on the call. Right. Because when you get on a call with a creditor 
and they start to go off of their script and you start to get a little flustered and you don't know what to say, it really helps if you can look down at a piece of paper and say, hey, I'm, I'm nervous right now. I'm, I know this is embarrassing. I'm, this is my first time ever being in this situation. I'm a little flustered. I'm going to read this to you because I feel I might say something weird if I don't read it. You could literally read it to them. Right. Uh, that would not be a bad thing. Now, once you've said it three or four times, you don't need to read it, but you can look down and reference that script. Yeah. Use it as a notes to make sure it's guiding notes. you through that conversation. Because you want to make sure you say the things that you need to say. Mm-hmm. So and that, not more than you need to say. And not more than you less. need to say. Right, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you, in that script, you might share your story very briefly. You know, hey, I lost my job. Uh, I, I have a, a half my income right now, so I'm paying my minimum bills on my home, but I don't have anything extra. Share it, but brief story. Brief. Yeah, make sure you make it brief. Yeah. These people don't have time to hear a life a story. A sob story, life and, story. And, and also, I think it's important to not... Don't... How do I say this? I don't want you to, to communicate that you're a victim. They're Ooh, not, that's good. they yeah. don't want you to communicate that it's not your fault. Yeah. In fact, if anything, they want you to say, this is where I'm at yeah. and I own it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't mean uh, that you demean yourself or anything like that, but right. just be careful that you don't come across as this happened, this happened, this happened. none of it was my fault. Mm-hmm. I'm here by mistake. No, because listen, any debt you've taken on has required your, your signature mm-hmm. which nobody forced you to do right and you did it with open heart open mind open eyes so when you say it wasn't your fault it's like saying i don't want to take responsibility for this debt so therefore you should you know write it off or whatever give me a fit do me a favor and i think we need to maintain our integrity and i think it's really important that you communicate this is my fault um i caught myself i'm in the situation because right. of different things that have happened and i shouldn't be Mm-hmm. You don't even have to say I've done anything wrong. You can just say I'm in this situation and I recognize that I shouldn't be. Um, I'm a responsible person and I shouldn't be in this situation. And then move on and say, here's what I need from you. Yeah. So Leo, in, in your practice and in the work that you've done counseling people, uh, I think it'd be great. I know that you have a, a pre-written letter that mm-hmm. you've used to help people. Do you want to just read through some of that and yeah, kind of share a little bit? We're going to put it on the website. Yes, we'll make it available through it, the notes. Uh, through the notes, but go ahead. Yeah, let me let me read it to you guys just so you have a, an understanding of how you would want to communicate this. And please understand the heart behind it, but also what it's actually communicating, what you're actually asking them to do. So here's what it says. Please accept my apology for not contacting you earlier about my account. During the past few months, my financial situation has deteriorated considerably. I realize that the timely payment of debts is a firm obligation on my part. That is why I've been making the minimum payments, even though I did not have the income to provide for my needs and also make the debt payments. So this person is saying, I've been paying the minimum payments, mm-hmm. but it's been at my own detriment. And I want you to know <laughs> that that's how much I want to make this right. right. That's what you're communicating. I can no longer continue to borrow in order to make my debt payments. In an effort to get control of my financial situation, and I put this in here because this, the people that I give it to are working with me. So I put, uh, I am currently working with Leo Sabo, a budget and debt counselor. Together, we have developed a spending plan that will help me bring my finances under control and avoid future indebtedness. What that does is it says, I have somebody in my corner that's helping me through this. I'm, this is not the same old, same old. Right. I've, I've reached out. I'm getting help. Now, if you don't have a financial coach, that's okay. Mm-hmm. What you can say is, I have put together a budget. I have sought 
counseling or counsel right. on how to do this, and that could be listening to getting money right. You're getting the financial us, information. Right. You don't have to tell them how you got the information. You just need to say, I have obtained counsel. <laughs> I've obtained counsel. I have pursued the information that I need in order to succeed in this area. And because of that, I have created a plan, which yes. I've included. There's a one-page budget that you'll see that will show what I'm spending, how much I'm spending, and on what. Mm -hmm. So you know there's no uh, any abuses going on in my own budget. I'm right. not overspending in some areas in order to not pay you. Then it continues, attached is a monthly income and expense form, which specifies my current budget. Unfortunately, at my current income level, I have no additional income to satisfy my current monthly debt payments. I am sorry for being in this situation. It was never my plan to be in this predicament, and I plan to rectify this situation in time. Although I do not have the ability to pay my debt to you from my regular income, I do plan on using any additional income from raises, overtime, or any other future income sources to satisfy my debt obligation. It is my desire to pay every creditor in full. And then you put down, you may contact me at this time between these hours, Thank you for your understanding. That's great. That's great written communication. You can do that in an email with them. You could turn it into a PDF and mm -hmm. attach it to an email. That would make it seem very like that's a pretty legit way yep. to do it. Yeah. Sign uh, it. All sign about. it. Right. You And put the date and time of when they can contact you. You can contact me weekly at 1 p.m. on Wednesdays. You can contact me biweekly, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Whatever it is, you know, you communicate and give them all the data they need and all the information. I love this. It includes I've attached my monthly income and expenses. That's a fancy way to say my budget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is this is what I'm bringing in. This is what I'm spending. Uh, I've attached my debt snowball. I've attached my pro rata plan. Depending on where you are, what category you fall into, two, three, or four in the categories we're talking about, this is a great letter. And you can mail it, you know, certified mail, and, and that way you know they get it. It's, it's documented through the mail system, the U.S. Postal Service. So that is a great way to do this. Uh, an email will suffice as well, depending on how they're communicating. But having this letter and then almost using it as a script or some of the key elements from it as a script for those conversations, it's going to give you so much more empowerment when you're on the phone to say, look, I'm doing everything I can to honor this. Mm -hmm. uh, it hurts that I'm not able to pay what I should have paid. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, it hurts me. I'm yeah. telling you my desire is not to rip you off. It's not to take your money, to borrow it, and then not pay it back. I'm not trying to settle with you for settlement's sake. I'm trying to pay you back, but right now I can't. Now, any additional income I get, any additional, you know, new side gigs, pay raises, bonuses, it's going to you. My, my goal is to serve you because I owe you. Yeah, to pay you in full. Yep, mm -hmm. that's good. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get to that place where you are in a negotiations opportunity with a collections agency, mm -hmm. and, and honestly... They they just want to get some money more than they paid for the debt, sure. and you just want to get this thing out of your life. Uh, I believe it's okay to negotiate. Your original agreement was with your previous creditor, and now they have sold it to somebody else. Yeah, um, that's that not door's ideal, closed. But the door is closed. You yep. can't go back to the original creditor. I mean, people have tried, and and they go back and say, "Hey, we want to pay you the original one thousand that we owe you." Like and your account's like, no longer valid. We can't even pull it up. Yeah, we can't. Like, we can't even receive a check from you. We don't even know you anymore. Right. It's like, wow, that's harsh. it's sad that <laughs> that actually happens, yeah. but it's just part of the process that they have to go through. Right. So when you get into this scenario where, let's say, you have a ten thousand dollar debt and one of these credit agencies, here's what the first thing they're going to do is, let's say you owe 10000 mm -hmm. 
the first thing they're going to do when it goes into delinquency in your original creditor is they're going to charge you a fee. They're going to increase the interest rate. And so six months later, you'll owe 15000 not 10000 Yeah, They're going to sell it to the creditor, uh, this collections agency, and and maybe your original debt was 10000 but now you're looking at a $15,000 bill. And maybe they add some fees on it. Well, we had to pay for this, so we're going to add another 2000 bucks on here. Yeah, They have to have paperwork, and it has to be valid. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can demand, I mean, not in a rude way, but you can demand that they show you validity. Of the, va- of the balance, of right? Of the balance, yes. right. I need you to prove that A, I took this debt out from the original company, mm-hmm. and B, that the balance is valid. Mm-hmm. Because there are, unfortunately, some companies that will hyperinflate and do ridiculous things. Um, but if but if you signed your name to an original debt, and then it doubled because of fees and late payments and interest rate hikes, that is valid. So, yeah. so there they should be a something. record of it. But there has to be a record. Right. And, and they have to be able to prove that you signed for the original debt. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you get something on your credit report, and I've had this happen, uh, where you look at it, you're like, that's not me. I don't, I don't recognize that. And they start calling you and say, hey, you're six months behind. I've, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, yeah. I don't even know who you are. Yeah, I don't know who you are. I'm like, hey, send me written validation that I borrowed this money because I don't think it's me. And if they can't do that, you don't owe that money. No, and it has to, by law, be removed from your credit report. Yes, by law. And then you can actually write to the credit reporting agencies. Mm-hmm. We've talked through this in the FICO score episodes and the credit report episodes. But you can write to them and just say, hey, there is an error on my credit report. It needs to be removed unless the people citing that can prove and validate that it's real. Um, now, if you owe somebody money, you're not trying to sneak out of it by, well, prove it's valid, prove it, you know, like no. you have a wrong heart. Yeah. Wrong heart. So we're not doing that. But, but if they're abusing you like, Hey, like, let's make sure this is valid. Let's make sure the balance is valid. Where I would challenge it, David, is if you know you, when you stop paying, let's say on a, on a credit card, it was around 10,000 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that number is significantly higher, right. not by a few hundred dollars, but right. maybe several thousand. You need to challenge that because I don't know what kind of fees they whatever, right. but but that's unreasonable. They need to prove it, right? Uh, to me, there's 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 the obviously uh, normal fees and things that might happen because you stop paying, right, for those six months before they mm-hmm. write it off. But it should not be in the thousands, certainly not. Maybe a f- couple three hundred dollars at the most before they stop charging you because they right. moved on and sold it. So that's why you want to validate it. Because your balance, your last balance that you knew before they stopped sending you payments was a certain amount, and this may be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And if it is, you want to make sure you challenge it. And either way, I would, just because you don't want to start with a number that's not actually true. Because that's going to allow you then to say, okay, well, if the number's true and we can verify that, now we work the negotiation from that number mm-hmm. rather than an inflated number. Right. So let's say that it was 10000 you originally borrowed. Now they're asking for 12000 and you look and you've got your baseline one month emergency fund. That's great. You've saved for three months and now you have 1500 bucks. And they say, hey, we're going to cut you a really great deal. We're going to cut it in half, you know, only $6,000, which that is a good deal because you originally borrowed 10. Yep. And like for six grand, we'll call this thing, you know, paid in full, paid as agreed. And that's really tempting. You're like, wow, that sounds amazing. I would love to do that. But you only have fifteen hundred. Yeah, you don't have six thousand. Yeah, you no don't matter have how good the deal like, is. Right. If you don't have the money, you can't take the deal. I mean, like you just can't. So, so you know, when you're doing this, I would almost even go a little bit lower than what you do have. Hey, for a thousand dollars, I could pay you today, mm-hmm. even though you have fifteen hundred. And they're like, "What about two thousand? And you're like, "Well, I don't know. What about fifteen hundred? And then you do fifteen hundred. So I would start by going a little low. 
But when I say a little low, I mean like you have to have the cash set aside. And if yes. you don't have the cash set aside to pay it in full, then it's a dead deal. So don't don't try to don't try to be like, oh yeah, I think I can do that if you can't do that. <laughs> also, you might have that, let's say your one month of savings is four thousand dollars. And now they offered you a deal for three thousand to settle a fifteen thousand dollar debt. And you're thinking, golly, that's a great deal. I need right. to do this, right? Well, if you have fifteen hundred on top of your three well, I said 4000 for your emergency fund, and you dip into that emergency fund, you're opening yourself up again to borrow. Right. So we're saying do not. Don't Once borrow. you set that one-month emergency, you don't touch it unless it's a budget item that needs to be satisfied, mm -hmm. not a debt. Yeah. So that is off limits. You only have 1500 Do not be tempted. This is. I run across this with some of my clients. I don't know. The, you know I, they're like so eager to pay off this oh, debt. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I love your heart, but you don't have it. What got you in trouble is that you were making these kind of decisions. <laughs> right. And I'm here as your coach to tell you, you are not going to do that because that's going to put you in a in a bind. Yeah. And sooner or later, you're going to diminish that savings and then you're back to credit cards again. Yeah. So don't do it. So please do not touch the emergency fund. Only use whatever you've saved. And listen, if you have to take another six months to build up more that's to fine. settle the debt, that's fine. That's fine. Understand these credit card companies and these debt collection companies, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. You're not the only client. They're not going to go broke if you don't pay them they're investing a very small amount of money to get a lot more from you. That's right. And they're, sometimes they're willing to wait. Sometimes they're willing to negotiate at you know 10% or less. Either way, understand, I'm not, I, I don't have an inside track on this, but I will mm -hmm. tell you, I've seen negotiations, and I could tell you most of them are happy to get 10% of the original. Yeah. yeah so if you're that. paying more than 10%, you're probably overpaying mm -hmm. because they're paying way less than 10%. So anyway, don't, that's not a etched in stone, Leo right. said, but just don't be eager to just jump on the first things they offer you. Yeah. Unless you have the money and you're like, I just want to get well, rid of it today. And if you have the if you money, have it, then do it. Like you, yeah, you originally owed this debt. Yeah, don't try to squeeze them. Right. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah. They're not, uh, they're not always, uh, they don't always do things the best way, but they're not ripping you off. You, you didn't pay the original bill. So this is your opportunity to rectify that situation. Yeah. Yep. Um, the other thing that you need to be aware of is that when you have debt that is written off and forgiven, then they that goes on your IRX tax report, mm. and that company has to say, "Oh, we forgave this person ten thousand dollars." Yes, and that is like they earned ten thousand yeah, dollars income. So that's how the government treats it. The government's like, "Oh, you gave them ten thousand mm. dollars. Oh, it must be nice. We want a cut of that." <laughs> so yep. the government, if you're at a fifteen percent tax bracket, now you owe the government fifteen hundred dollars because you had ten thousand dollars written off. And be aware, that's not illegal. That's not weird. Yep. Uh, that's normal. It's normal. You're going to have to pay taxes on the portion of your debt that was forgiven. Yeah. And and the IRS doesn't play around. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you're mm -hmm. not going to negotiate with the IRS and be like, oh, well, I only had to pay them 10% when I owe them. Can I <laughs> Good pay luck you? with that. Yeah, no. Like, if you owe they the IRS... They have a script, they never go off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The IRS can garnish your wages. They can... They, they have the ability to put you in jail. Things get crazy. I mean, that's yeah. not normal. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that happened to, like, Wesley Snipes. Like, this is, this is this has happened before. It happens. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've actually had somebody I was counseling who would not budge in. And they oh. like, it's not me. It's my partner, whatever. He ended up going to jail over there it. There you go. It's so sad. I mean, so sad. But um, I also had a client recently that I work with. She was forgiven. Okay, so her whole debt on mm -hmm. this credit card was twenty six thousand between two credit cards, same same credit card company. Same company, yeah. Twenty six thousand dollars. She settled for twenty six hundred. Wow. At ten percent. But but <laughs> what you just said actually was true. So yeah. we had to work on 
All right, you're going to have an additional 23000 and change in income, income on top of your already pretty decent income. Ge- decent income. Well, because usually you're working overtime and extra mm-hmm. jobs to pay this debt off, so yeah. you may actually have a higher income Oh, yeah, than she normal. worked her tail off to get to get this stuff done. Right. So so, so let's say that you have a $50,000 income, but now you're in a $75,000 tax bracket mm-hmm. because they just forgave $25,000. It, it could be several thousand dollars worth of extra oh, you're, tax you're paying. Yeah. You could be bumped into that 20% tax bracket or 22% now. So let me say something about oh, yeah, that because it. it's important that you realize that when you negotiate, that has to be in your mind. Okay, now I have to pay this tax in the next 6 to 12 months. Yep. And yes, you can. You might have to uh, get an extension so you can, you know, whatever. But ultimately, you'll have to pay that tax. Mm-hmm. And so, what you need to do and realize there's going to be some penalty because if you're not building it into that year, like for her, we had to sit down and look at a W four, see how much tax was coming out, yes, and then adjust it. And it literally came up with an extra six hundred dollars per paycheck. Ooh. Her paycheck. Easy, I believe it. it makes perfect sense. <laughs> because she only had so much time to the end of the, to the, end of the, of the year. Of the year, so she had to catch up and make sure that she wasn't, you know, several thousand dollars in the hole. Yeah, because if you to get it forgiven in November, mm-hmm. but that goes on that on that year's yeah. income. Yeah. So now you've only got you know three to five months till April of the next year to get all that money saved up. To yeah. S- so maybe you want to wait until January. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm well, kidding. I mean, I mean, honestly, you got to think about. But that. you have to think you about, have to it, think about you, it because you, the last thing you want is to have that penalty. Yeah. With the government, you owe an extra 4000 in tax you didn't pay because it's extra income that came in because you were forgiven this debt. So sometimes you have to think about it a little further. That's why I wanted to pause on it just a moment to think, how is this going to affect my paycheck? And can I pay the extra tax, right? Um, So just make sure you build that in because it's going to be a factor. That's excellent. Well, the final step, and we've said it before, but I just want to reiterate it because it's so important is that you need to get the terms of the settlement and any credit reporting terms, you need to get it in writing yes. from your creditor. Uh, a written agreement holds both parties accountable. They have to honor the agreement if it's in writing on their letterhead with their signature. Uh, and if you miss a payment, if you don't actually make that payment, then it holds you accountable. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, we, we negotiated for $1,500, but you didn't send $1,500. You sent $1,000. Yeah. We're going to charge you the whole $10,000 again. I mean, right. it, it holds both people accountable. We're waiting on a check for you from $1,500. And if you don't send it, then we're not going to go as agreed. Yeah, they're, they're not going to hold to their side of the agreement. That's right. So, so definitely make sure it's in writing. And the term you're looking for is paid in full. Mm-hmm. Now they may say, Hey, paid, paid mostly paid 80% of paid. Yeah. No, no paid in full. That, that means you that you have, that. that you have finalized the deal and it is done mm-hmm. uh, every single time you're looking for paid in full. Yeah, that's good. I also, I don't know if we mentioned this, but it just dawned on me that we need to make sure that we, uh, we emphasize this when you're settling on the debt, sometimes they'll want you to make an agreement by paying X amount per month for several months. And then they're going to say, the only way we'll accept that is if you give us your debit card information. So routing number, checking account number, so that we can draft it from your account every month. Please don't do that. Anytime you give them that information, you're not telling them that they cannot take more than what you've agreed on. So they could literally say, well, we're just going to take the whole amount. Yeah. And now you're $800. They can do that legally. Gone that you can't pay your mortgage or your rent. Right. So I would never advise you to give them your bank information, your financial information. If you're going to pay them, pay them through a PayPal account or pay them some way in a portal or something where they cannot save the information. Um, And if you have an agreement, again, you're paying them in full. But if you're doing a payment, tell them the only way I'll do a payment 
is one, if I can fit it in my budget, mm-hmm. and two, if I uh, don't have to give you the financial information. I could write you a check, right. and it's going to be on a certain date. You tell me when it has to be, and I'll get it in before, but I will not give you my bank information That's because right. they can very easily get to your money. Yeah, if you give them electronic access— mm-hmm. They could come in and take all the money that's in that account. And the original agreement, because there has not been an official agreement, is that you owe us $10,000. Right. We're taking everything we exactly. can get. And the government or you know the law, the ju- a judge is going to look at that and say, well, you owed them $10,000. You still you, owe them more. Yeah, you <laughs> so still owe them. So what are you complaining like, about? Yeah, what, what's the issue here? So yeah. uh, be aware. Mm-hmm. Be very smart about this. You send them a check. You make a payment electronically. You don't give them access to your information to pull from your account or authority to pull from your account. Awesome. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this series on debt reduction, on going through and knocking out debt, the credit letters, how to communicate with your creditors. When you look at this in the scope, you've got to remember our four steps to purposeful living. One is that we're always spending on purpose. Mm -hmm. That's why it always starts with that budget. That's why in this series, we talked about the debt snowball because you know exactly what you owe. Then you save before you spend, even when you have debt. Especially when you have debt. Especially when you have debt. You've got to create that margin to say, I will not you know, pay off. I will not, I will not negotiate a number until I have the savings in place in advance because I don't want to fall further into debt while I'm in debt. Mm-hmm. So save before you spend. Increase your financial margin. When you pay off debt, you have increased your margin. Yeah. That is wonderful. You know, no longer have this bondage that you're tied to where your income goes every month. So, so now that's your great. savings goes up, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's the first thing. As soon as you pay off debt, if you're putting three hundred dollars toward debt, now you put three hundred dollars toward savings. That's until right. you build that savings to three to six months. That's when you can breathe easy, oh, when the stress it. and anxiety is gone. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Yep. And then you invest wisely. So spend on purpose, save before you spend, increase your margin and invest wisely. Go back and listen to our investing series when you're at that place in your life. But I just want to say thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. I really hope you've enjoyed this series. Uh, this this took a lot of work and time and energy to pull everything together because we wanted to give you the most accurate, most up-to-date data. And I hope that you would share this with somebody. Somebody that you know has credit card debt, somebody you know has student loans. We did a whole student loan series about 20 episodes ago. Definitely go back and check that out. But here's the thing. If you've benefited uh, we're not charging for this, mm-hmm. right? Like we love sharing this with you. That's we right. get we get joy out of it. But but if you would do us a favor, go in and, and rate this podcast on the Apple Store or on Spotify. Write a review. Write a review and share it. Literally hit the, there's a share button on every podcast playing device. You push a little share button. Yep. It's going to open up and you can copy a link and put it on social media. Uh, you can see our social media, David Thompson, Leo Sabo, mm-hmm. find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, go to one of those locations and share a post that we've recently done because right. we're, we're promoting the podcast. The heart is to put it in front of people to help them on their journey. That's the goal. That's the desire. And we love serving you. We hope we can serve others. So if you know somebody that needs this, please share it with them. I've actually had several people that I've seen them forward emails or pass along information saying, hey, like I just sent your podcast to so-and-so because they were going through this. And I've had people come back and say, man, thank you so much. I, I, di- I didn't hear, I didn't know about you, but I heard about you from a friend and mm-hmm. it's really impacted me. So that means the world to Leo and I. Please share it. Uh, I highly recommend, especially for this series, you go to leosabo.com, click on the resources and download the Creating a Budget tool and the Debt Snowball tool. And remember, in that Debt Snowball tool, there's a tab at the bottom that is the pro rata plan where mm. you can see how to break it down by percentage. If, if you were listening along, you're like, that's a little confusing. 
that's okay. That's normal. There's a five minute video there that you can walk very slowly through what a pro rata plan is. And the pro rata part is only one minute. It's Mm -hmm. very easy. Uh, So download that. Um, go to stewardshippastors.com. Check out some of the tools that I have available for churches and uh, ministers that want to help their people get out of debt, that want to help their people learn to save and grow and manage well according to biblical standards. You've got the book Jesus on Money coming out soon. You've got a bunch of video resources. And I actually put together a blog just recently on how to build a stewardship ministry mm-hmm. great, and help your people great, in this area. So, uh, you know, even if it's even if it's not a church thing, but you're looking to to create a program that helps people, there will still be helpful information mm-hmm. in there. So I hope that you've enjoyed spending time with us. We love spending time with you. And I hope that you'll join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. That's the first thing. As soon as you pay off debt, if you're putting three hundred dollars toward debt, now you put three hundred dollars toward savings. That's so right. You build that savings to three to six months. That's when you can breathe easy. Oh, the stress it. and anxiety is gone. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm.